Are we live? We rolling? Let's go. What's up, everybody? I'm Allie, and you listen to Love and Allie's podcast, where you hear a black girl, me, and my friend's point of view on culture's Good Morning America topics. So, Good Morning America from a black person's point of view. Get out your feelings and get in your bag. <laughs> Today's song of the day is Just to Get By by Talib Kweli. On the right to this song, we just like it, so don't sue me. Where was you at when this song came out? I was in my apartment in East Lansing, Michigan, DJing and not working professionally within my engineering degree. You have an engineering degree? Yep. I didn't know that. <laughs> Dee, where were you at when this song came out? I felt like I was somewhere in South Carolina because um, around this time, I was still in high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely just ride around with friends. I feel like I could see myself with my friends heading towards a game or something like that <laughs> listen to the song. Okay, so I have no fucking idea where the fuck I was at. I forgot about this song. just heard it today. So, I'm going to keep it real. This is Element Alice podcast. We transparent as fuck. I've heard it before, definitely, but I have no idea where the fuck I was at. But we're going to just imagine I was in my Jeep Wrangler, you know, pretend like I got one, riding down the street in high school, you know, bopping, going to the band, games, shit like that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, let's dive into it. How did we meet? How did you guys end up on my podcast today? Child, we met through Group Me. And it's been an adventure ever since. What did we meet? Like two years ago? Well, yes. A year and a half ago? Something about ago. that. Um, Allie is full of life. <laughs> for sure. I'm a fucking vibe. Vibe, 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 Definitely a vibe. I met you the same way. Um, I just noticed we started really we, we started being in certain groups. Mm-hmm. And then in other groups, I'm like, damn, she, we, done, we in three out of the six group meetings I'm in. So it just kind of grew from there and still continue to um, go to other groups with you. So. Sean kept it real clean. Thank you, Sean, for keeping it clean. <laughs> um, let's meet our co-host for today. So share your names and what can people find you at? Me, you can find me on Instagram, D underscore Nubian Queen. Um, I have a couple other pages. I do a couple things. So also Kai Brand Management um, when it comes to marketing. When it comes to my event curation, um, I am underscore D plug. Yes, come through. <laughs> All right, my name is Shantae McMillan. You can find me on IG as DJ Reality. I have a podcast called Reality's Podcast. Then I have a couple other ones, but those are in development. And that's pretty much it. So I love the fact that you guys have so much going on. And you guys are my new co-hosts for this season. So mm-hmm. we have some new faces. Definitely excited. So today's topic is Breaking Every Chain, Generation Curses. So let's dive right into it. What's one curse that your family, what's one curse that has a hold on your family? I'll jump into it. Thinking poor. Mm-hmm. Not knowing. I remember, and we had this conversation before off camera, but. I remember talking to my mom and finding out how much money she made for a living. I was like, oh, 38000 that's a lot of money. So when I got to $40,000, I was like, oh, this ain't enough for us. Mm-hmm. But just thinking that we, you can make it, and we can, but there's always more out there, and there's more um, opportunities and things to do to be able to gain more income. I definitely co-signed it. Same thing with my mom. I think my mom, I think for me, my mom, like, she made what she made... One time she was like, I make a hundred dollars a day, and I was like, Oh my god, that is so much money! And now I'm like, What the fuck are you gonna do with that shit? Like, you can't even buy a fucking 
fucking meal with that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's and even my mom a lot of times she questions like my finances and try to figure out what I'm doing with my money mm-hmm. and she's asking me for money and I'm like, okay, girl, um, what did you do before I got here? And I think too, even when I talk about the money I make, um, she's always like, well, you could have been a teacher, bitch. Teachers make no fucking money at all. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's thinking small and not thinking about what we definitely can grow and grab by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm a co-sign that one and kind of definitely support that one. I was definitely going to say complacency. So around mm-hmm. that same, <laughs> basically family, mm-hmm. um, having that, that mindset where like, okay, this is just enough mm-hmm. and this is ceiling and not really going past that. Because yeah. I'm one of the first that basically was like, I'm not staying. I made that decision when I was like in high school. I'm like, I'm not staying in South Carolina. That's where I'm from, mm-hmm. uh, where I was raised. So I'm like, I'm not staying here. I already knew that from like get go. Mm-hmm. But everybody was like, comfortable. Yeah. Um, and that's no like for shade or anything like to them. Like that's just a choice right. they made. I just knew off bad like, this is not it for me. No, and I like yeah. that because you say comfortability or complacent. Yeah. Uh, or complacency is that they were okay with. Or your parents or your generation before, they were okay with working for a job for 15, 20 years. Or, and thinking um, it's okay. They yeah, and, and it's not, I mean, we, that's not even possible. You know, I mean, because the next. I've had five jobs coming. and I've been learning for five years and I've had five damn jobs. Yeah, and it's come, and things are constantly changing. Right. And they get up, like, I, I was talking to my mom one time, and sorry if I mentioned my mom too much, but my mom, she would say things like when I was getting ready to leave one job to another, she was like, well, why are you leaving that job? Because they were, they're used to working jobs for 20, 30 years, but we don't have those opportunities. Like, it's either leave and move to the next thing or get fired, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to stay at a job that long? I just, I feel like for me, like, I'm, I'm in my career and I'm still like, okay, this I'm over this. Like, it's time for something new. So I don't even understand how they did it, to be honest. And then I think, too, like, I had a brain fart. But I think, too, like, they, back to complacency, like, it's just, I did a, I did a okay. Here I am. I got it. So I did a class or whatever in college, and it was like, do you feel like the generation that was like MLK was like, you know, striving to do better things or whatever? But then when they got to our parents' generation, they were like, okay, we made it, and it kind of just stopped. You know, they were kind of just okay. We know we got our we got our rights, we got our voting rights. You know, we got everything we wanted. So I think that's where a little bit of complacency kind of came from. Is what my professor was saying, mm-hmm. and I kind of agree with him on that. Shout out to my professor. I don't remember your name, but you was real ghetto. But yeah, <laughs> um, but he was just. Saying like you know, our parents you know kind of stopped the the progress the progression. It's exciting now to see the progression moving on now. Mm-hmm. But I just imagine how much further we could have been if they had the same mindset of you know keep pushing forward, keep wanting more, keep getting more, and not stopping and being complacent to what we have. Now, and, and sorry, He's look fine. at it like this: like now, I'm in a position, or or I feel like we should all try to push to be in positions of power to get our people to have that understanding. Because we don't have that, in, like we don't have people that are CEOs. We don't have people that are um, vice presidents and stuff like that. So we have to figure out how to grow within those environments to be able to put people of our color. Because we don't, we just don't have it where people are up there. I remember watching a video at the current company that I'm at, and the video had no black people in the video, and it was my welcome video. I'm like, what? What the fuck is this? <laughs> so, and, and I'm like, did I choose the wrong job just because right. I didn't see it was it was one um, Indian guy in Canada, but 
he don't count. You know, so, yeah. so I was looking at the video like, this doesn't make sense to me. And I brought it up to him, you know, at one point in time. With what did they say? You know, you had ID, I means or whatever, the, um, diversity, inclusion, equality, <laughs> all that shit. So, Every company has that program. They do a horrible right. job with their program. Right. right. You know, and I'm telling them, I was like, yo, I don't see I don't see us on the video. I was like, my what I want to strive for is to be on that video, to have someone look like me That's on right. that video. You know, and but the, the to reel it back to the actual topic, we don't strive. We just hope to get our money and then be out. You know what I'm saying? And we just more, we not the live the check to check attitude, but just more so like we don't look at the bigger picture. Like, well, how, how about send ourselves up for five years? And I think that comes from the generation before where they didn't have that mentality drive, as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That makes me also think about like, what if like after they also had that feeling of, well, I'm burned out. You know, like sometimes we feel like we burned out. We don't, Hustle so long, we done worked so hard for so long, and I was like, we we want to rest. Like our That's brains are done, our right. energy is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't got that much fight left in us. We've been fighting for four hundred years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying like that? You're like, like for four hundred years. years. <laughs> <In more>. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas was like, I'm tired. <laughs> so so, take mean, a break. <laughs> one thing I was gonna say about that is, which is crazy, is that. Sometimes we have to, like within us, strive for opportunities. And like I said, those opportunities, I wasn't told, like I wasn't pushed by none of my family members to do anything. And like we have to push for the opportunity because you said, you know, we're tired and we don't want to have to work so hard that it's it's, we got to work 60, 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. to make the money that we want to make. Well, shoot, I'd rather work 20 hours a week and have a money work for me. But it just sometimes feels like it's that's not attainable. Can we talk so. about our parents never work? Like I feel like we were like ten hour shifts now. We be at home doing work, and our parents were literally eight to four thirty. <laughs> eight to four thirty. All right. Yeah. So, what does it mean to break generational curses? Like, what does it mean to you guys to break them? To to shift the narrative, mainly for our family. So, breaking generational curses is seeing what the past lineages has been, the past trends when it comes to your family. And having that mindset, having that notion where I definitely am going to change that this stops here with me and we're progressing in a positive way moving forward and just like making that plan to really implement that. Um, that's what like breaking gener- curse, generational curses mean to me for sure. Uh, and that's definitely important, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that, say for instance, for me, none of my uncles are still married. You know what I'm saying? Like, not all How many of uncles do you have? Four. And they all, they all, but they all been married and they all been divorced. Why? It, I can't. I was. You can't call I was it. Four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, like it, it just, it just, it, it, it's crazy to me that, you know, don't get me wrong. If you don't want to get married, then don't get married. But you know, the idea of family, that's a general, that's a generational curse. I want to break. You know, so when I get married, it's like okay, we got to figure it out. We're not getting divorced. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna you know, put my hands on anything like that, but I'm just saying like in general, whatever it is, whatever the issue is, we got to talk it out because you know that, and that's the problem with just relationships in general. Like people are just afraid to communicate. I think for me, it's, 
Um, prove my family wrong, cause I feel like I'm the black sheep in my family. I feel like I'm the one that just I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say what I gotta say. If you don't like it, oh well. Um, be mad mm-hmm. if you want to. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And my mom was like, you should move to Atlanta. And it's too far. I'm like, girl, it's four hours away. <laughs> so I definitely think for me, it's proving my family to a point that you can be whatever you wanna be. You can do whatever you wanna do. Like even my like, my little sister and my godbrother, whatever. I'm like, hey, like the world is yours. Like don't get stuck in Charlotte. Like no offense to the seven but don't get stuck in there. Whatever. Go do whatever you wanna do. So that's for me, just kind of proving to my family like this ain't it like we can do more it's like stop playing you don't get on your shit I mean and that's important because you know my mom has talked against every big move I've ever talked about doing you know from me starting a DJ from me you know doing my co-op intern all that stuff and it, but she didn't know you know what I'm saying but it's coming from it's coming from, well, this is what we're used to in our past versus, to, versus you know, what I want for you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she wants the most for me, but when I bought, like, I bought my turntables in, in like, 97, and I spent, like, $1,600, $1,800 on them, and she was like, why are you buying turntables? da 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 mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, and she was really against it. Now she borrows money from me, you know, like, and that's just right. my extra discretionary money, you know, to DJ with, you know what I'm right. saying? But we got to be conscious and like to know that the thing, some of the things that they're they're telling us, are positive and it is meant to be. But then there's other things that you gotta. You know what? I'm gonna go my own route and and change this generation from what it was before. I call it black mama syndrome. I was telling my therapist, and my therapist was like, you know, like what's your problem with your family? I just hate, like honestly and truthfully, I hate that our families and just black families. If they don't know something about it, they shun it. Like, if, mm. if whatever they don't know, whatever they're not used to, instead of just being quiet, if you don't have nothing nice to say, or, you know, encouraging it, they just shun it. My friend, um, she's on she's on, she's on Season 1's podcast, um, Kristen, and she was saying that she was moving to San Francisco, and her mom and dad are just giving her, like, a complete, like around the way and I'm like girl like go and go ahead and go because if you get them you don't like you always come back home Mm -hmm. like they're forgetting that you know what I'm saying I think a lot of times they forget like if it go left we can go back right (laughs) and I think they just I don't know what it is but it pisses me off honestly like even to the point where my mom like mom you know I gotta call you back because I can't do the negativity like I can't deal with it today I'm done with it I don't want to hear it only because I feel like they just do a very bad job of just downplaying shit and just making shit negative because they don't know I really just say you don't know about it and we are gonna see about it instead of you know making it such like 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 we're in the wrong mm-hmm. like why are you doing this why are you doing that and they're not as understanding of our work culture these days too because i can say oh yeah like my mother like they my parents they often saw us as like let me say i will say that my parents they tried to break a generation curse themselves mm-hmm. but it's also like it's their vision versus what you end up creating for your own vision your own vision for your own life um, they wanted the straight and narrow, professional. Right. I mean, tell you for this program, you get involved in this, you get involved in right. that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they see that daughter turn into like a more creative, a more a completely different mm-hmm. um, industry, nightlife being um, that they expected. So it's crazy to see how one's plan to break generational curses kind of takes a shift, but it's still breaking mm-hmm. what the trend has been for your family lineage because they always, they had this plan, but this might be the track that our ancestors don't want us to be on or see us being on. So mm-hmm. uh, even though you have a plan, doesn't mean it's always going to be what it is when it comes to breaking that curse for real. Yeah, and that's great. So you said, you know, shifting, shifting over to the creative, mm-hmm. like they don't, get that they don't get 
you know, I'm making this amount like per DJ set or per night. And, you know, I'm DJing in college and I'm DJing like I was on tour with people, you know, I make really good money doing that. And we talk about it. But, uh, but you know, I was really, you know, yeah, I was doing all right out here. You know, but um, all I'm saying is like, they don't, they're like, well, but you're spinning records. You know, like, well, no, it was, I like, I, I mean, this was a full time thing for me until I decided to go to grad school, you know, so I made a nice living, you know, more than she said her number, you know, the 38,000 was like, I made more than that, mm-hmm. you know, just strictly off of DJing. So just imagine when I incorporate that engineering degree. Right. right. But, um, but yeah, they don't understand. Like even my mom, she'll come to the, to my house, she'll visit. And, you know, during the work day, you know, sometimes I'm just watching TV. You know, just because I work from home and I hate you work from home. I hate everything. Right. And it's no like, you know, if, if I have my work done or if I have something to work I have a meeting later, I got thirty minutes, I got an hour, whatever, just to chill. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, Why ain't you working? I'm like, Well, no, that's not how we do it now. We get stuff done in our own time. Yeah. Frame, so. Things are definitely <laughs> different than when you guys were working. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why do you want to break this curse, or what have you already? What steps have you already taken to break it? I want my my nieces, my nephews, because um, I don't have any children. Um, mm. I'm the baby of my immediate family, so all my older sisters and brothers they have kids. Um, I want them to feel like, to know they really can do whatever it is that they are passionate about. Mm-hmm without the judgment of others, without even considering, like, oh, what is that person going to think? What is my mom going to think? My grandma? I don't want them to even consider that. Do what makes you happy at the end of the day, and that's what I've been doing. It's just, like, following my heart, following my path, and just going, moving. Move from this stage to that stage, taking up this project to that project, testing out this industry from that industry. And my family, they don't fully understand it, but I see the way my nieces are, like, hyping me up. They're really excited. Like, my sister told me how my niece is, like, already made a decision. Like, she's going to college out of state. Like, she's not staying in South Carolina either. She said, oh, like, she's always following you. She's always telling me that. So, I'm like, it, it feels good to know that I'm having some sort of influence on the generation after me um, to really just follow your dreams, do whatever the F you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear that. And I would say, I, I just, to piggyback off she, what, what she said is that you have to talk to people like like whether it's mentoring like i have um not younger nieces and nephews but i have older ones that i talk to on a consistent basis where my uncles wasn't talking to me like that i'm like yo hey strap up hey uh make sure your money right hey look what do you need because i didn't have anyone to go to to say hey i need i'm i'm failing not failing but i i don't have the money to stay in school who's going to help me it's like no it was me you know what i'm saying but i tell them hey you know, y'all got me right here just to make sure that that really that that generation you know comes up better than right. what I was. Yeah, well, the hand I was right there. Yeah. Uncle Sean giving out checks, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate that. My nieces, my oldest ones, like they're um twenty one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I remember they were in college a couple years ago, always sending the cash out requests. I'm mm-hmm. like, they must think I'm their personal babe. Where's their parents? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not send me nothing. I didn't know. Like, don't even do it. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm ready to send it to you. <laughs> I think for me, um, my I don't know. 
know. Like, I'm weird about this question because I feel like I haven't broken it and I don't feel like I'm really trying to just because my mental health is so important to me and I believe in setting boundaries. Um, and it's big boundaries around my family. Like, I don't see y'all. Y'all don't see me. It's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening, I love y'all still. Um, <laughs> but I think for me, it's that for my mom's side of the family, I think what I would want to see is just them being more understanding. And then for my dad's side of the family, I think, because my dad is like super, super work-based. So, like, mm-hmm. when it comes to working on hours and stuff and them jobs, like, he's there. Like, he here for it. I'm mm-hmm. um, sorry, Sean. I did hit my thumb, hit my hand again. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my legs at time. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely like I think for my dad, it's more so like learning how to love people because my daddy sucks at loving people. Like he just sucks at it. Um, but then my mom, I think is definitely I want to see you know her be more open and not so negative to changes. Mm-hmm. And um, I have not broken anything yet besides setting a boundary for the ass. And and, like, that, and that is it right there. That's breaking something, setting boundaries. That's breaking the generational curse right there. It, so that's really <laughs> honestly setting boundaries are. So so, so big because I think sometimes we feel like we're forced to deal with our families. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell y'all one thing that irks the fuck out of me with my family. They have a family reunion, and that mom be like, You're not going to the family reunion? I'm like, no. no. Oh my god, why are you not going? <laughs> what you mean you're not going? You can take off from work, girl. I am not taking off from work just to go to a family reunion and sit there with y'all old asses. I'm not it's doing right. it. But it's just like, you know, definitely just trying to break them and things like that. Um yeah. Let me ask this question. Okay. So does your family the ones that are in those areas, right, Charlotte or mm-hmm. within your home, do they, it's a tough question, very ambiguous, but do they listen to you? Hell no. My okay. auntie does. My auntie don't live in Charlotte, though. She lives in South Carolina. Because all my family say that in North Carolina besides one. She moved to South Carolina. Bless the heart. that she was moving somewhere bomb, um, somewhere bomb, but she really wasn't. She lived in Florence. Oh, no, not Florence. Uh, girl, <laughs> basically. Um, no, they don't. So mm-hmm. it's a no for me. No, and what about you? Half my sisters, they listen. Mm-hmm. Um, How old are they? Uh, my oldest, the oldest sister is forty. She'd be forty one this year. The other one is she's thirty six this year. Okay. Yeah. No, it's funny. So I was talking to my pops about this, and I'm not really close to my father's side as much as I am with my mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to him, and I was like, he he said something about his brother, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't. My pops is, mind you, he's 78. Sean, we're not talking about your age today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clean, I'm a clean you, you 45. Look but, young, you look young as hell, but I'm going to clean. I'm going to clean 45. But, um, he said 97. Early, I was like, 97? I was in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, so I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, you know your Uncle Larry. I was like, who is Uncle Larry? I don't know him. Thank you to my nerds. And, and, and he, he, he was like, know everybody in the family. He was like, no, you know Uncle Larry. I was like, I don't know your brother. <laughs> I don't know no family member up with the exception of my siblings. But I had to tell him. I was like, bro, I don't... Like, you, know, he, you know him. You know him. You know you know him. They he had, he had his own like, truth. No. And I was like, bro, like, I don't know that nigga. Like, I've never talked to him ever in my life. He was like, you know, he, he looked just, you look just like him. I was like, nigga, I know I look like you. <laughs> That's all right. I can say it, you know. But it's just funny that they... And even my mom, she don't... You know, I, I tell her, like, hey, you know, I'm... um. I'm doing this like, well, did you do that? I was like, I'm, no, I don't need your help. Like, they automatically, you know, I love the energy of it, but they automatically try to help.
help you. And they suck at it. They suck at it. Like, they suck. Come on, she was trying to read Bible verses to me and everything. I'm like, girl, like, I know what the Bible says. Girl, this is not the time. I didn't know that. The Lord did not say that. I can't close a snap it a couple times on my mom because she was just like, I'm like, I don't, I'm good. I got this. Well, why don't you think, how about, I'm like, mom. And I did not understand being, did not understand the concept of being teen. Just because I'm telling you something doesn't mean I need your solution. I don't need your response. Yeah, I don't. I'm just going to express how I feel right now. <laughs> so what do you guys? So you guys know I'm really big on mental health. Um, for everybody listening to my podcast, the one that you have to pay for, I don't know the name of it. Um, but I'm really big on mental health. Um, so how do you guys think generational curses affect your mental health? So I'll go first because this is my testimony. Okay. <laughs> it traumatized the fuck out of me. Like I am traumatized, like fuck, from my family and generational curses. I think. Um, I pray for everybody that still ain't realized they're traumatized too. They just some kind of fell into the water just drinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think like it goes to back earlier. I had to set boundaries because I can't deal with it. Like I can't deal with the negativity. I can't deal with you trying to help me out when I don't need help. You'll help me wrong as hell. Like I just I can't deal with it. I can't deal. With, I would say to my mama, mama, she loves to send out a Bible Bible verse or something, and she loves to say that if you ain't going her direction, you follow Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Well, shit fire. Right. And I'm like, girl, why are we preaching fire and brimstone? Why are we not preaching love? But I just think it takes a big effect on my mental health. And shout out to my therapist, Kim. What's up, girl? Um, Just because she makes sure I understand, like, it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay. Because I feel like our parents make, it, make you feel bad when you set a boundary. Or make you feel bad when you are not, you know, doing what they said. Do or whatever. Like, you, I can't believe you're not listening to what I said. I've been around for 45 years. And, you know, I, I've been living life so you know i know what i'm talking about like i just i think for me i had to just learn like to push it out the window and like i don't see it and just and just kind of block it off because it really like took a toll i was crying all the time like my feelings was getting hurt my mama texted me on her birthday and told me i was a child of satan um because i wish i had birthday early you were the daughter of lucifer (laughs) but shout out to my therapist because when she said it i questioned myself for a second but then i had to realize okay this is just black mama syndrome basically you're mad because i do something do something so now you're trying to punish me through the lord's work and you know how that worked the lord don't work like this stop speaking on the lord's name but that's just kind of how it affects my mental health it definitely traumatizes me I know um, that's crazy to hear, like, uh, but I can somewhat relate because I know for me, I felt as if like my parents showed love differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was the way they were showing love. So me and my sister, we felt like we didn't feel any love from them. Like they could, they barely said it, barely said, I love you, barely showed the love. That's my daddy. And I mean, it's crazy. Often, like my daddy probably showed my love. He wasn't in the house with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lived like in the same area, so we were with him all the time. But um, he he probably said it more and showed more love when it came to the stuff we said we were passionate about versus the other side, the flip side, where it's kind of like we don't feel the love, we're not hearing the love, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not really seeing much of the love because to them they think showing love means okay, I'm just taking care of you. That's love right. enough. You're in my mm-hmm. house under but my roof, not. and I'm but feeding you. <laughs> traumatizing to people because then you think that's how love is supposed to be mm-hmm. so then when you come to dating people you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. having friends or whatever you think that you know you think it's that's a bare supposed, minimum right you think it's supposed to be like that so then you don't feel comfortable with it mm-hmm. i'll say this i think i would be as you said you said you were traumatized mm-hmm. i'm very similar that i feel i would be further in my career mm-hmm. or further doing more things if i didn't have that baggage but it was baggage I had to carry 
but I had to learn how to shake it off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, I deal, I deal with family as I could, but I had to figure out, okay, well, I can't save everybody. Or I can't, you know, I mean, I can do what I can, but I can't, like, I can't save the world. I can't save right. Muskegon, Michigan. It's like, okay, well, no, I need to need to get a job over here or blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, because I feel like, for one, as an example, instead of Michigan State, where I went to grass, or undergrad, mm-hmm. I probably went to, went to New York. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. moved to New York and be like, fuck it. But I didn't have that flexibility of those opportunities. And, I mean, those are the things that I regret, you know, or, mm-hmm. or the things that I didn't feel like they were attainable until they were. And I had to make them attainable. I had to, you know, I moved to New York in 96, you know, after, you know, my first year of school. You know what I'm saying? Just to stay for the summer. And I did an internship at a studio, you know, with a lot of people. And, you know, but it was backlash on that. Like, why are you going to New York? Like, why do you need to do this? Why, why, why are you focused on music? It's like, well, no, that was something that was still and still a, a major part of who I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was almost told to me, like, well, no, music ain't going to get you there, da, da, da. You know, and that was, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it was always lies. tough with like, the yeah, family. Because so. I feel like we all have heard that before. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to get you nowhere. Girl, you don't know where it's going to take me. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, girl, not because of my mama, but just whoever. Mm-hmm. Like, my daddy tried to literally tell us what we was going to college for. My daddy was like, you're going to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You're going to be an engineer. And then you got one doctor. You got one random person, which is me. And you got my brother. That ain't even finished school. So that's a whole other conversation. For <laughs> but definitely, I just, I don't know. I just feel the type of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so how do you, how does generational curses affect being progressive in the economy in your careers? It affects it right away. It, it's tough that, you know, I talk to people all the time trying to recruit them where I'm working at and stuff like that. I'm like, well, hey, the money's you good. You to recruit me. Hey, come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> you, know, uh, you can be a good, you know, I, I can we, be a good talk. way. I can be a good way. I was going to say a CSM, customer success manager, but we can talk about it. You know how much I'm I'm <laughs> I need like six figures. <laughs> it's, it's around, yeah, out there. But um, but no, I talk. I try to talk to people all the time. Of like, I've always said that I want to be a CEO of a company or a CEO of my own company. I'm just not. You know, I feel like I have the the charisma mm-hmm. and ability to talk to a whole room and convince them. You know what we should be doing. You know, but. A lot of us don't look at, oh, we can have a, a leadership role or we can have, or we could be a manager. We just like, we want the bag just because of how we were taught. And that's the one thing that I try to preach to say, well, no, let's come get this bag. You know what I'm saying? And it's sad because sometimes you would, you try to coax someone into these opportunities and they just like, I remember one, one chick I went to school with and I told her I was trying to recruit him when I was at IBM. And I was like, hey, all you got to do, put in the application, you got the experience. She, and there's a portal that, that I see, you know, if they, like their status of what they did at the mm-hmm. time. And I wasn't like spying on them or anything like that. But I get an email saying, hey, right. this person hasn't applied yet. And I'm not thinking about you after the first day or two I told you right. about it. You know, I'm doing my job. You know what I'm saying? So I get an email or like say oh, two, four weeks later saying, oh, you didn't even apply for the job, but you were, you know, you were trying to get a job. I was like, well, it's the cash 22. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull you in. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like my old manager, the only black manager, only black male manager I've ever had in my life. He told me like, when you, that's crazy. Right. He, he told me whenever you get in these positions of power, you know, put 10 people under you or around you or above you, you know, because 
we don't do that for our community. It's how we grow. It's like Oprah Winfrey syndrome. Oprah Winfrey said that she's not coming back to help anybody in the community. Like, why do we not go back to the go back? And That's the only reason the black community mm-hmm. will um, excel. We have to come together. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. to pull together in order to make some shit happen. Because I mean, we're gonna just be stagnant if we don't. Yeah. It's like a um, a cultural like generational curse. I feel like yeah, like, it no, definitely is. Part. We don't believe in pulling the next person up behind us. I know, like for it's me, crabs in the bucket. At right? Times, no, literally, man. it is. Yeah. I know. Like I work in leadership, and I work at an all black um, location right now, and it's like everybody just like to your point, crabs in the bucket. And it's like, girl, like let's get in our bags. Like let's get promoted. Let's move up or whatever. And it's so hard to get them to understand like point A to point B. Yeah. Like, they all at point A and they all like, well, I'm complacent. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, you're you working two jobs. How are you good? I work one job and I double your salary. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like, I don't know. It's just a community thing. Like, I was in somebody, I was like, we don't have an MLK. We don't have a Malcolm X of our, of our generation. We don't have none of that. And I think it's some, to a certain point of complacency and just like, you know, I'm just going to do just enough. I ain't trying to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, if I go to jail, I ain't going to be able to go to work the next day. So it's just like, mm-hmm. not thinking of the further step to get us further along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely a fact. Okay. So, um, this is the last question. Oh my God, I went through this so fast. <laughs> what are some things you are positioning yourself to do to break the generational curses? Uh, I say for me, because I'm, I'm in this position now randomly, but my, um, we have, I'm writing my success plan for the next five years. What is it? So, I'm still writing it, <laughs> but it's coming into place where it's like, well, I'm going to have my own plan as far as my five years, and then I'm going to have the one, you know, within corporate, mm-hmm. but I mean, one is to be like three or 400 K, that's mm-hmm. just five years, like I want, like that. that's not negotiable, that's something that I want to have, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, but then I want to grow DJing while I'm here in Atlanta, because I've been in D- Atlanta almost f- five years now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and it's slow motion, because you know, I DJ still in Chicago or I go to Houston, et cetera. But I'm just saying in general, like that's part of the plan is to grow. And then potentially sell the house that I'm in and then buy a new one. My plan is just to make me the millionaire and be somebody's baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it take, it's, it's taking... Why? Wait a minute. Why are you giving me looks? My producer's giving me looks in the background. He's on my baby mama's story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it takes a lot of... It's, it's taking a lot of self-care in order mm-hmm. to like break and transition where our generation is now for my family. Um, lots of therapy, lots of... Um, spiritual practices, um, especially because you know my family grew up in religion and the church and everything. So also, them seeing me talking about astrology mm-hmm. and all. What do they say? Because you are into astrology. What do they say when you talk about that kind of stuff? They do not understand. They're like, what? Like moon, stars, <laughs> stars. I had, when I, when my auntie told me one time. She was like, manifestation. What is that? That ain't nothing. You don't need to be doing it. That sounds like witchcraft. I'm like, girl, it's the same yeah, thing. No. It's the same thing as speaking and thinking to existence. Exactly. Okay, they don't understand that. that just on. how the Bible says, power over the tongue. The same thing. Right, it's the same <laughs> it's thing. Literally the yep. same mm-hmm. thing. They don't understand it. And some people do. Like I have um, a close cousin in my family. She's older. Um, she she understand. Like one time she was reading her Bible, but I was like outside doing yoga mm-hmm. with my incense and my sage mm-hmm. <laughs> and like meditating. She was just reading her Bible. It was like you see two different forms of like spirituality mm-hmm. happening in this moment, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we're all like speaking to a higher power. We're connecting right. with a higher power. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's been taking a lot of self care. A lot of these spiritual practices in order to like realize and know like 
what's been going on in my family will no longer continue. This is going to be a place full of love, a family full of love, a family full of um, camaraderie, us joining together, doing things together. Um, and I know for me personally, like I'm working to just like shift everything. It's basically because of my goals personally. And I know like me just focusing on me, myself, and my goals is going to break the curses we had in our family. I think for me, um, I'm weird because I'm a Leo, so I want everybody to see me shine. <laughs> um, and being like, being transparent as fuck though, like I really do. Like I just want to prove the point of like kind of go back to what I answered earlier. I think for me, I'm working hard as fuck to prove the point. Like you can have it all. Like I love my tiniest apartment, but you know. I got bags, you know, I can do what I want to do with my money. Um, and I definitely want the fat man there. I'm the only cousin that do not live in North Carolina. Like, girl, y'all all stay there. And I just kind of want to prove to people, like, it's so much more to life. Like, mm -hmm. this world is out here for you to go and explore and for you to see it. And I hate when people, my family be like, well, I'm just going to move to Greensboro. You know, get out of the city. Girl, that is not nowhere. That right. is up the street around the corner. Like, stop playing. So, I think it's definitely just for me, like, stuck on these hoes. Like, you know, <laughs> Alex podcast. Stunt on these hoes. But, I mean, honestly, truthfully, literally stunting on them to show, like, you know what I'm saying? Not bragging, but just show you, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here. Like, you, you could have been outside, too. You could have been doing your thing, too, but you chose not to. You chose to do what choice. you did. I ain't going to say what they did because y'all know who y'all are. Um, do what you did and just stay there. Because um, it really irritates the fuck out of me. Like, it really does. Like, I'm like, girl, like, you were making with your mom. You're, like, fucking 40. Like, how did we get to this place? You know, because even my thing is that when you fall down, you, you got to get back up. And I think, you know, that's also a problem, too, in our community. When we fall down, we just stay down. No, I was always taught, like, not from my parents, but just taught from work in general, fail fast. Like, you know, and come back from it. What's your next comeback story? So it's just for me to stun on these people, you know, mm. let them know who the fuck I am. Yeah, and I like what you said as far as failing. A lot of people are afraid to fail. Like, life is, I, I, I prefer, I, and it's, it's not even just failing. I prefer to be wrong than right. I prefer for someone to say, oh, no, it's this. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. I learned something. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being right all the time. You know what I'm saying? And the idea right. of failing like, you just feel like, okay, well, it's just this or nothing. It's like, well, no, well, you get to this step. And it's like, well, no, this isn't working for me, so let me try this. And I think a lot of people just are afraid to do that. I, I am. I struggle with it because I feel like my family get fired and ain't got no damn job. None of this, my mom made it for some money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think, um, for me, I am scared of failing. Like, I just, I don't want to. Like, I just, like, in my job, because my boss literally told me, she was like, you be right 90% of the time, but it's be, it be how you be, you be being right. Like, when you write, you're an asshole about mm -hmm. it. So like for me, I love being right. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to fail. Um, just because I'm too scared to fail. Like I just feel like that's probably one of my biggest fears. Like if I fail at this, because I made myself be so independent, independent from my family. Who the hell am I gonna call? Like what's gonna happen to me if I fail? Like who gonna pay my bills? So for me, I just like I'm. I'm literally scared. That's one thing I will say. I'm scared of like stepping out on faith. Like right. you know, how, like even like this podcast or whatever. Like you know, people start these podcasts and they get all this money for these podcasts or whatever and they just you know i'm gonna quit my job and this and the third and i'm like girl i'm still gonna be working because i don't know if it's gonna work out mm -hmm. so i definitely think failure is something really really big um in our community because we just we ain't trying to do it fear is going to be the number one thing that holds all of us back from doing things that we want to do <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's a fact and that and then i speak to someone like uh like our 
the previous generation, my parents and them, like me going entrepreneurial journey, they were like, what? Like no full-time job, no benefits. Like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> like they were like, what are you Baby, doing? Baby, they ain't taking no benefits. They love to be. <laughs> they they were so confused. Like how, how are you going to yeah. do this? And then like, cause at one point I was working full time and just doing, you know, my entrepreneur things on the mm-hmm. side. I call myself a side entrepreneur, a hustler. Um, but then, like, I kept saying, I'm like, I don't need to work for time. And I have uh, the power of speaking things into existence by access. I always have to be care- very, you very careful. <laughs> people always say that. Like, speak to me. I'm like, I've been doing it by accident. I literally kept, I remember at one point I kept saying, I'm like, I, I, not, I don't need my full-time job. I don't need this. Like, I'm good with what I'm doing on the side. Like, I'm making enough money to, like, not have to worry about it. I got laid off. And that's thing I knew. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. universe, that's not me for you to let me go like that. Right. Or, or push my ass like that. that. That's, the that's main why reason. when I pray, I pray like a certain kind of prayer. I'm like, Lord, you let, me gotta be specific. let me find my new job. But don't let me get fired for this job. Let me find my new job. You got to be specific. You got to be specific. That's my main reason to go into grad school. I remember it was in December... And I was like, damn, I can't go to the dentist where I'm just, you know, eating off of just DJing. I was like, I got to pay everything out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, it's just interesting that we're taught that we can't make it off of, you know, just being an entrepreneur and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, like I said, I DJ professionally for like six straight years. And I mean, I still DJ now, but, you know, I'm talking about like traveling and doing stuff with right. different artists and stuff like that. But you said with failure, like... We, we were taught that we can't fail so or, or that we shouldn't fail so within the black home so it's is either you're out there, so you take more calculated moves mm-hmm. than just being risky and saying oh I want to start it a podcast I, w- I just want to do you know these entrepreneurial right. opportunities so it just limits our mentality so that's how you have to change it it's like no I'm going to do this I'm going to oh, no, 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 I'm I'm go gonna do this I'm going to do this you know like <laughs> do it you so, know, so you just got to be just got to be so um we were done with our questions, but now I have another question that just came up on the top of my head from producers rolling his eyes. But okay, we got a little bit more time. So for me, um, what do you guys feel like? For, do you like you feel like other cultures do better with with breaking generational curses? Do you feel like they just like us too as well? Because for me, I don't like white people. I feel like. Becky gonna go. Go back. Becky gonna go to California. She's gonna go all the way to California with no money, and she's gonna figure it out. Versus us, our parents are gonna tell us, "What the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing it?" So, do you guys feel like other cultures are more? It's more like I guess acceptable to like breaking curses and being on your own. I think it's tricky because it's it's like you. Ha- I feel like you have to be in those cultures to understand the curses, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, say for instance, you're looking at the Indian culture, or you know, folks from India. And you think like, well, all of them go to, you know, some type of school and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. their their households can be terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think like one thing I I loved about growing up black was like even if I feel like I was limited some ways within my brain mm-hmm. or the way that I think, like it was the best experience I could have had within that environment. So I, I love it to death. Mm-hmm. So. Do you feel like there's any difference in the cultures? I don't. I, I don't know because I feel like our generation, like the generation before us, and I'm and I'm thinking about other cultures and the generation before them. I feel like they 
just <laughs> off the top of my head, just thinking about how I see them being a little more supportive mm-hmm. <laughs> in certain aspects. So, That's but, what I was looking for. That's what I was trying to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can tend to be more supportive of people just going out and like, is this what you want to do? I got you. Oh, you need more time to stay in the house after college? Stay here. We got you. <laughs> That's a valid one. The black folks will you out, baby. Right. They're like, peace. But like, I mean, I think, uh, or they bring you back, they're saying, um, but you got to put in for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we survive. Why, why do they feel like that as kids that we got to try to pay a bill? So you ain't while you live with you move back home with me, you gonna pay the zoo power bill, you gonna pay the Georgia power bill, whatever that bill is, you're gonna pay this cable bill. Why do they feel like that? Do they that I feel like there's a lot of countries that don't even do that. They're like, oh, we want to help you. You're, save your money. Yeah, yeah. save your money. We so wanna... you, when you get kicked out, you got it. Right. No, <laughs> exactly. You know, that sucks to me because the fact that I always felt like if I had like three to six months with just not paying any bills or rent or anything, or just rent, I would be just okay with not paying right. rent. And I feel like I would be in a different class. Mm-hmm. Like, cla- like how I make money. Like, I would be way better than I am even now than I would have been. You know, that is, it's just crazy to me. That, Did you guys' parents teach y'all how to own finances? Did no. Did you how to deal with finances? No. Nope. My mom is terrible. When something goes on sale, she's at the store. She's like, oh, I need to get five of these. I was like, no, you don't need five kitchen sinks. You only, you only have one kitchen. You know, but it was on sale, though. <laughs> I think they did a horrible job of finances. They, I thought they didn't preach the savior, the savings accounts. They didn't, they didn't preach any of those things. They didn't teach you how to manage your credit cards. If you got a credit card, run that shit up. Yeah. You know, they didn't really do a good job of, like, and this is, this is, I'll be clear, clear, this is no shade to our parents or to anybody in our families. This is just it's, speaking it's our truth. It's all shade. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> he says, I was like, no, our parents was fucking up. They didn't know what they was doing. We love them to death. Yeah. But they were learning on the go. You know, and some of them got it, but a lot of them didn't just because they were young. You know, right. like mm-hmm. my sister, she had my nephew when, he, when she was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what she was doing, so she was still in the house with us. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he had to grow up in our household for a time being, and she's still growing up. And she, you know, she tried to go to college, mm-hmm. didn't work out. All that being said, she had to learn on the go with a new with a new with child. A so like right. the one... The oldest one, you know, he may have more knowledge and stuff like that than the ones that she had kids later. Right. You know what I'm saying? But she was probably, she was in a better position at that right. point in time. But, you know, it was like parenting, in my opinion, like a lot of the parents, 70s, 80s, 90s, like they were, they didn't know what they were doing. No, they didn't. You know, and grandma or, you know, big mama, she she was good. You know what I'm saying? But it just didn't translate to, the, to that generation right. that raised us. So. You know, it's a quote. It says, um... That growing up, we look up to our parents, and then when we become adults, we judge our parents. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I, I do, because I feel like, you know, as a child, you don't know. But then when you get older, you're like, why the fuck are we doing this? My mm-hmm. mom be on some fuck shit. And then I'm I, just telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what else blows me. This is my last thing. I swear to God, I'm going to call Now, I want to tell you about some fuck shit with my okay, mom, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so, look. So, look. So, my mom's 70th birthday. We said, you know what? We got a little bit of money. I was like, we go buy her. We bought her an Escalade. Like, I remember that. Yeah, we bought we bought her an Escalade. So she got her Escalade. She came down here. And, oh, some fuck shit. She came down here bringing me stuff. So I came. I love her to death. She brought me stuff from my house. And she came down here and she was like, yeah, I was thinking about getting some rims. I was like, nigga, you just got a new car. Why do you need rims? Like, why do you, you need... want to stunt on me? Right. She's like, I'm ready. She's 70. She don't need to stunt. Like, she she's to like, she's stunting in a new um, Cadillac Escalade. Why does... I don't get it. And she tried to talk... I was like, 
Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take you to the store. Can I buy, buy her that size car? Because she's already said she wanted it. Okay. She she said she wanted that like in two thousand like when it was four popular. yeah right yeah. when when it, when it first she came out a dream she was like, she's, like, yeah. she's like I want a black Escalade <laughs> we got that boy in two thousand nineteen she loved I got a dream to take my family uh, I have a sister before I was even born she was adopted um my older sister and she's Dominican and I always like her and her kids I've been told her years ago I'm like one day I'm gonna take you. And your daughters, <laughs> we're going to um, we're going to the islands. Yeah, go to your heritage. Are you a good auntie? I, I try. I'm, I'm not a good auntie. <laughs> I'm auntie. Don't call me for nothing. I've seen you when I'm. Seeing I'm like big sister to the, especially the older ones. I'm kind of like more like a big sister mm-hmm. to them because like when they were born, I was like ten, eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of just like big sister to them. So they're excited about that, and I'm excited to like show them the world too because I'm like one of the first within the family. To really like travel, travel. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them really got outside of the states like that. They did. It's kind of like a cruise to Jamaica. Your mom. I think your mom's side still be in North Carolina. They be in that Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, D, oh my God, you're in another country. You're you're in Greece. Monty and they look on to Charleston for their vacation. I'm like, girl, where is it, Charleston? Can we not, get another damn Not thing? a damn Charleston thing. Charleston said, I'm like, can y'all please stop going there? Ain't like, nothing please, in there. Please, please, please. <laughs> so, as we prepare to close out, what's one quote you? You guys live by speaking of generation curses. What's that one quote that kind of keeps you going? Um, I'll start. So I love Janae Aka. We were talking about me being, you know, all into spirituality and stuff like that. And the song, um, so I guess more of a lyric than a quote. Um, her song Ways. Yeah, that's the name of it, Ways. <laughs> and she was basically like um saying in a song, like, you gotta just keep going, you gotta keep going, like there's gonna be shadows, gonna be darkness, but from the shadow comes light. That's what Gorilla Zoe said it too, though. Gorilla. Yeah, yeah she said, yeah. <laughs> the sun no, gonna shine tomorrow. Yeah, the sun gonna shine tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's a gospel song. I said, too. It's a Bible, too. It's a Bible. You can do it for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hello. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but yeah, see, that's how you know spirituality, religion, that shit, it stay coincided. It stay coincided. But that's basically it. Um, the saying with the lyric um, in that song. So, Janae Ackleway, that's my song. Okay. <laughs> Right, I say for me, I don't want to go the traditional route, but you know, it's what niggas do. But um, mine is a Bible verse, and that Bible verse is Hab- <laughs> Habakkuk 2 and 2. And that verse is write the vision, make it plain. Because I think a lot of times that we talk about things that we want to do, but we don't execute them. And I think when we write them down, it makes it very clear okay, well, now you're going to start writing around it. Okay, here's a branch here, here's a branch here to figure out how to move to the next step. And a lot of people just, they, they want to get from this step to this step without having to take those mm-hmm. necessary steps in between. You know, so write the vision, make it plain. It makes it a lot easier. Okay, that's my goal for three months. That's my goal for six months. That's my goal for a year. That's my goal for two to five years, et cetera. And just go from there. And, and if you don't get it within, you know, that time frame, then keep going. Like, right. it, you don't, I mean, it's something that you keep going with. You know, like one of my goals was I was like, well, I want to cut weight. You know what I'm saying? Been working out for damn near 10 years. Couldn't cut weight. I was like, well, let me try something different. Let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. Finally found something that worked out. I ended up losing like 65 pounds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, if I'd have gave up two years ago, if I'd have gave up five, 10 years ago, then, I mean, I'd be bloated and not where <laughs> I wanted to be. So, right. I mean, it's just, just, it's just those things that people don't realize that, just make sure that if you want to do something, then follow through and keep going with it. So, 
that's my one of my favorite verses too. Okay, so you guys, um, you guys hear me every week, so I'm just gonna give you guys a new verse today. Um, it's order my steps. I just think, you know, um, you gotta just order your steps and everything that you do. Kind of to what your point is, setting goals. It's basically the same shit. I just they just like to order shit differently. And then my producer don't know, but he's on every episode just for his, his one quarter today. So what's up? I would say my quote would be all of your dreams can come true if you have the courage to pursue them. So that's mm-hmm. just constantly going after whatever you want and not being fearful of it. You was ready. Not you was ready. That's hey, a guys, word. I'm calling you. You had the cop word. Yeah, a word. He, he was like, I ain't about to be no bitch today. Okay, so just as we close out, you guys, where can they find you and follow you at? <laughs> Um, so my name is D. Um, you can find me at D underscore Nubian Queen on IG. Also, my business page is Kai Brand Management for Marketing. Um, and I am underscore D plug for events. All right. Um, I'm Sean, DJ Reality. You can find me on IG as DJ Reality, um, or at DJ Reality. And then also I have Reality or Not podcast, and I have a couple other podcasts coming in the pipeline. Okay, thank you guys so much for being your first time on my podcast. I definitely enjoyed this conversation. To my listeners, thank you for listening. Don't forget to share, follow, and retweet on all social media platforms. And we out!